1: We are back, ladies, with another episode. We interviewed Lexi Tifkey with Trey Holmes on today 's episode she's from Austin, Texas. Uh, what a powerhouse she's just doing so many cool things and such a neat, neat person. Uh, what I think we you know we, one of the things I think you'll get most out of today's episode was we went in through we talk a lot about balance on our show, right how to create it, how to have more of it and she's like well there's no such thing as balance it's not not <laughs> work balance it's work life, love and you have to listen to the episode to really get an understanding of what she means by that but in a nutshell to really get clear on roles and appreciate different things within your relationship your family and how everyday can look like the other day and that's a good thing and she just she really says it very eloquently about what she does and how she approaches life with her family her husband and her business and her her one child and another one on the way. So you have to listen to it to kind of give her explanation on the work life love. Very powerful.
2: And uh, her husband and and, and her uh, run a 400 door property management company and their approach uh, to how they deal with landlords and how they run their own uh, management for their own properties is pretty unique. They see the landlords as partners. Therefore, the approach is completely different, and that's something that you cannot miss. One thing that she' also talk about is the branches. So how you scale your property management company by looking at what do you need in different branches. I am so excited for you to meet Lexi virtually and get a lot of information for her. It's really powerful, and I can't wait for you guys to listen
1: to her. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her show. We have Lexi uh, Teifke on our show today.
0: How are you, Lexi? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we're, we're really excited to jump into your story and get into all the... Questions we prepared as we are so diligent to prepare like ninety five <laughs> questions and then we, we get to like three of them but uh, that 's true story <laughs> so but, so thanks for being here with, with us and all the ladies and we 're going to jump into your story um, like we do on every week when we have um, you know we 're back with all of you, wonderful, wonderful women listening. we love to connect with you, so thank you for listening, thank you for being with us for, for another week of our show and uh, so yeah, Andessa, I wanted to share just a quick little. Uh, you know, story okay. about uh, you're like okay, what what are you going to share, Liz? Because I
2: don't know how you you still
1: have a voice. So I we're, After we're this past weekend. So we're coming off of a um, the bigger pockets had a conference this uh, past few days in Nashville, their first conference like in eight years, and um, I had the honor to to be able to speak, and I was speaking on uh, really really scaling your multifamily business, which is something that my husband and I have done and made mistakes along the way and done some really good things and everything in between. So there's three breakout sessions and just real quick, I, I was late to my breakout session because I was actually on a panel. So I'm like rushing to the, to the workshop. <laughs> I see like 30 people trying to get into this room. I'm like, is that the room I'm supposed to be in? So it was the room. So I'm like, oh my God, there's like so many people. Like meanwhile, it was like 100 seats and there's 1,200 people there, right? So oh. you could do the math and there's three sessions. You know, you're going to run out of space in one of these three rooms. So anyway, I... um. I was up there and, and people were being asked to leave. There's was a fire hazard because where everyone was, people, people were like laying on the ground. Like it was crazy. I'm like, are all these people here to hear me talk? Like this is psychotic, you know? I was like, way, way too much for me. But anyway, why I'm sharing this with everyone is what ended up happening was my husband was there with me and we got into solution mode. I'm like, you know what? Yes. All these people should not be turned away from a, from a session they want to see at a conference. That's not right. They've come here to pay and they want to see what they want to see. So I said, Matt, go take all the people, the overflow, go find somewhere in this hotel and teach them something that would be useful. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm on it. So he's like, everyone in the back, come with me. So he takes all this group and he goes, <laughs> he goes outside and it was like kind of drizzling. And then he gets a chair and he's like standing. He looked like this preacher. Like, I know. The like picture this, um, is on our Instagram page. It was like a, like he was like a, cult, like a, like a cult leader. Like oh, everyone come with me to the promised land, <laughs> oh, you know? God. And uh, so anyway, he spent like a half hour with these people and I ended up doing the presentation. Then I ended up doing another presentation. But what it reminded me of is when you get into these situations and it was a good situation, right? It wasn't like this horrible thing. I was, I was very grateful to speak and offer uh, insight, at least the insight I had to share, but get into solution mode and like, totally. okay, how can we, how can we serve who we are here to serve? You know, and it wasn't like, I didn't, Bene- I mean, I didn't make any money from the conference. I was representing Bigger Pockets as a volunteer and as a supporter and someone who's involved in the organization. But I'm like, these people came to hear something. They they deserve this. Mm-hmm. And that's where it was coming from. It was and then <laughs> the bigger pockets put a post on, like, look at these two. They're a power couple. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't want all this attention. I just really wanted to serve and help. And I think if you come from a place of service, you, you tend to, um, you know, do what you're here to do. So that's all I wanted to share. No,
2: absolutely. And then we can apply that everywhere else in our business instead of saying, Oh, this is my max capacity. Maybe it's not, maybe there's another solution for you to continue serving it, but maybe it's the max capacity for you, Lucifer Cloth, that you cannot be physically in two different places. Yeah. That's when you, Really scale by having different people helping hey, you out.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, yes,
2: right, taking over.
1: Yeah, I love it. So, uh, so awesome. yeah, I wanted I wanted to share that. But yeah, if those who have not did not go to the Bigger Pockets conference, I highly, highly recommend it. They're going to do it again. I don't know where, but um, stay tuned. They they really put off a, a wonderful, wonderful conference of great education. So. Without further ado, I will uh, welcome Lexi again to our show. Uh, Lexi has a, has a wonderful story, and she's just doing some amazing things. Uh, she was one of our uh, speakers in, in Austin at one of our Invest Her meetups, which was phenomenal. What was so cool about her presentation was that she had someone there doing a video, and then they posted it. It was just really well done. So you're doing a lot of great things, and we want to jump into your story. So question we like to ask women that are on our show is what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? And I know you're in property management, you have investments, but what got you into it uh, initially?
0: Oh, great question. Well, uh, first of all, thanks again for having me. Uh, and this is just a lot of fun to kind of connect with the women in the industry, because as you've mentioned, it's, it's very man driven, um, which is, is really fun for me, you know, being in the management world and um, it's, it's fun to see women getting involved. But anyways, um, what compelled me to get involved, I would say, is probably my husband and I's longer-term goal. So we've always really loved to travel. When we met, we met in college, and our our first trip together was actually a mission trip. We went to Africa, Mm. and we just instantly began this like mutual love and respect for, for seeing other cultures and traveling. So We've traveled a lot together. So one of our first initial goals when we got married was we would love for time and location to not be of the essence. Doesn't matter what time we're working. We both love to work. So we never wanted to say we want to retire at 20 or whatever. You know, that's some people's goal is to retire young, but we just wanted to be able to work when we wanted to and be able to work anywhere in the world and nobody really care where we are or even know. Where we are, which I think is a really cool thing about today. Like, look at us, we're all, we're all, you know, connecting and we're able to see each other. And it's like we're sitting in the same room. You would never know we're all spread out. So, yeah. Um, I think that was what really compelled us. We saw real estate as our route to do that. We saw that uh, if we started young, it was really kind of like building up a retirement account. The younger you start, the better off you can be. And I feel like real estate values is I mean, we're in Austin, so the values, you know, we look back, we're like, man, if we would have started, we were like 10. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like when when I was 10 years old, the houses that are now like worth five, six, seven hundred thousand 700,000 were worth like a hundred. Mm. It's insane how crazy fast our, our city has, has increased in value. So Um, we believe that the values are going to keep going. And that Austin's just a a really unique place to invest. We believe in the city and, um, and what it's going. So anyways, we've, we've started doing that. We've, we started buying and holding young in order to get to our, our goal, which um, to me, the goal, keeping the goal in mind is always going to kind of give you that energy for the day to day. It Mm -hmm. it definitely gets uh, troublesome and it kind of weighs you down, but you got to just, you know, focus on Why you're doing what you're doing. I think your why is a a big importance.
2: A hundred percent. So when you look back, I don't know if you remember all the details, but when you look back at your first deal, the first one, what are the biggest lessons that you guys learned from it?
0: Oh, this is so funny because actually um, Friday of this past weekend, we just closed our first deal. No, it sounds really funny because we invested in our first deal when we were 18. My husband and I, um, I'm sorry, not 18. We we had just graduated um, college. So we were 21 and we just moved to college station and his aunt was trying to sell this little call, this little condo right next to the college. And we were moving in and we thought, Hey, it's so much better to buy than to rent. Let's put our money together. Let's see if we can do a down payment. We tried to get his aunt to sell her finance, but she wouldn't. Um, So we put our money together and we were able to borrow a little bit of the down payment as well and, and buy this condo. So we lived there for two years. And once we were moving out of college station, um, my, my husband has this very, like very always thinking outside of the box. He's like no limits. Like if we think we can't do something, there's always a different way to think about it, Mm. which is, I love that about him. It's great in real estate. So he said, Hey, I know this is really weird. Um, At this time we had, we were moving out of college station. So we decided to lease our, our condo. Okay. It was going to be our first buy and hold college market. So easy. Right. (laughs) So we put it up for lease and it was literally on the market for like two days, maybe. And my husband comes home from school and he's in master school at this point. He comes home and he says, Hey, we have, this guy's going to come over and look at the condo. And I'm like, Oh, Perfect. And uh he's like, yeah, but he's interested in buying it and that um we're gonna sell our finance to him. And I'm like, what? Like this is risky. And he's like, listen, the the thing you need to know about seller financing is you can always get it back if they don't pay you. And I'm like, okay, and the guy's willing to put 30000 dollars down. And I'm like, what? Where did this guy like get this money? And I was like, this is weird. Well, it turns out his family owned a lot of gas stations and they, um, were like invest in them. And then he didn't want to put all of the money through the gas station. So he would keep some of the cash, which is a little bit sketchy, but it was a long story. He didn't have his um, permanent residency yet. So his taxes were higher. Mm. And so he was like trying to scoot around it a little. And so he had the cash. He's like, I make plenty of money. And so we ended up doing this deal. Well, he just Long story short, he called us. There's a lot of things in the middle. We actually at one point thought we were going to have to foreclose on him, but he called us on Friday and said, Hey guys, I want y'all to come to college station. This is five years later. He's been paying $500 a month since then. And we're like, no, we can't go to college station right now. We're, you know, we got stuff going on. He said, well, I'm coming to Austin tonight. and meeting you like, you know, ACL is going on. It's like the busiest time of the year. (laughs) He's like, it's okay. I'm going to come meet you guys. He comes and he brings $27,000 cash to pay us in a off. brown bag. It was so sketchy. I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Like, he's like, can y'all do me a favor and not deposit all of it at the bank and don't scatter your deposits. And he's like being real sketchy. I'm like, I'm just so glad to be done with that deal. Cause like mm-hmm. ever since then, I'm like, Oh, but, um, we, I, I just laugh. I'm like, we finally closed our first deal. It's like completely closed. So our first deal was seller financing. And that kind of, um, I think, really set the pave for the rest of our deals because it let us know that there's a different way to do something. It may not be your original plan, but you can figure it out and make it work. Yeah.
1: I was just going to jump in. Seller financing I think is a very under like discussed uh, strategy. I I mean, and you know, for for the ladies listening, I I will, you know, episode 78 of our show, Anna uh, Kelly uh, goes into some great, um, experiences with seller financing so i just wanted to put a little shameless plug on there for another for another episode but but regardless seller financing for the women listening in a very simple way is that the, in essence the seller becomes the lender right so in yes. in a very in a very simplistic way and for some sellers they want the you know when you, when you when you buy a property they want the 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 you know, the chunks of money, that chunk of money to come back to them. And they need that for different things, right? They're going to do a 1031 or they just want it because they're at the age where they just want to, you know, liquidate their properties and, and go to Florida, whatever reason. But there are, the seller financing works really well for those sellers who actually want a monthly payment. Yeah, They, they just don't want to deal with the like all of us, sometimes the headache and the, the managing of the property anymore right. and the X, Y, and Z and fill in the blank. So, you know, for the ladies listening, definitely like do some due diligence. We don't want to like, you know, we don't need to talk an hour about seller funding, but do some due diligence about that as a strategy. Because yes, for the right sellers, strategy. that could be a great way that you can get your... Um, you know, very little money down on, on, a, on a deal. And it's not just private money or, or borrowing the money from someone or a hard money lender. Seller financing could be a phenomenal strategy for the right seller, I will say. Yes, exactly.
0: Well, so. I, I want to piggyback on that too and say, um, especially for um, older people who have purchased real estate long time ago and now like their profit margin is going to be so huge. They don't need all that money up front. They just need monthly installments. They don't have to pay taxes on all that profit. Yep. And then they just get these monthly payments. It's an awesome deal for older people. I think it's yeah. like the way to go for sure. So, so for the woman listening, if that's a strategy
1: you want to go after, you know, you really want to be you really want to be seasoned on the advantages of it. So mm-hmm. then, when you talk to a seller and they have a profile, right? That you could you could talk you talk to that seller, you'll be quickly you'll you'll be able to quickly say this could be a great seller financing strategy because it's a, you know, it's a win-win, right? It's not going to work for every seller, but for for certain ones, especially for the ones like you're saying that are a little older, they don't need that, that big chunk of money or quite honestly, they don't want to pay the tax or they're not going to go buy something else or what have you. It's a great tax deferred strategy uh, and they make monthly income, especially if they need that. For sure. So yeah, that's really good stuff. So when you say you closed your first deal, you mean you sold your first deal as well? We sold it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So 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 we became full circle.
0: So yes, it came full circle. It was our first deal. And finally, five years later, we're, we're completely done.
1: What were the things that didn't go well? You know, what were those things that, you know, had, if you knew what you knew today, now you're, you know, you have 14 plus doors, correct? Uh, That we own. Yeah. Yeah. That you own. You, you manage a lot, which we'll we'll go into, which is a whole other interesting topic. Um, What you know now, what would you have done differently? you know, on that mm-hmm. first deal? Would you have done anything differently? Would I honestly,
0: have- I honestly wouldn't know because, um, for me, I'm a very conservative person. I, I graduated in education. I always joke with my husband that I would be like living in a cute little cottage if it wasn't for him. And I would like have my retirement fund and I would <laughs> like, that's it. Like I'm a very, I'm a play it safe kind of person. I grew up in a pretty safe family and mm-hmm. we didn't take a lot of risks, but my husband on the other end is like, He loves taking risks like the riskier the more fun it is like he he likes that um so i think it the first deal was necessary to be different because it made me kind of wash away all of my uh prior thinking about how you have to spend money to make money and um it really kind of made me think about things differently and think oh wait that maybe there is like a lot of different ways to do this And so that kind of led into every other deal, made me think a little different instead of just the uh, standard way of financing, a standard way of buying it and then renting it. There's so many different routes you can take, and so I I think that that was the fun part about our first deal. Um, There were bumps in the road. There was a couple of months that went by where we thought we were going to have to foreclose on him. Um, Then his brother called us and was like, "Hey, um, my brother ended up in jail, and I'm going to be making the payments for a while." And we were like, "What is going on?" Oh my gosh! It was so crazy. Um, But you know, at the end of the day, like it also that taught me that things are going to go wrong along the way too. And um, especially when we got into property management, that's why you have a property manager. So if you like fold your hands at like, if you're just like, I give up at every little thing that goes wrong along the way, then like you can't be in management. You really can't be in investment properties or flips or like, there's so many. exactly. Yeah. So you have to get good at adjusting to what's going on and say, okay, this isn't working. Maybe we can try this thing. And um, so, so I think that, that, yeah, our first deal honestly set the pavement for that.
2: And I, I want to touch base on what you're saying, because sometimes we see too many uh, TV shows and it's so smooth. And, oh, yeah, uh, The profit has a lot of zeroes. And even though the contractor or something goes wrong, they always get it fixed very quickly in a couple of days and everything. It's perfectly, sounds great. Yes. I think in, in, in real life, instead of saying, oh, I wish that this specific issue didn't happen with me, uh, as we grow uh, the company, as we do deals that are a little bit more complicated, the expectation it needs to be real as well so don't expect the negotiation to be easy don't expect the seller to accept your first offer don't expect the contractor or the project to go as smooth as possible it's not that i'm being pessimist i'm i just want to make sure that it is just part of the process and if we are going to get irritated and stressed out with everything that goes wrong then it's just not a good uh, way of dealing with with things. So all of what I'm saying is that we need to get wiser in terms of how we handle those things because they are gonna happen. Absolutely. And they are, they're just lessons that are presented to us for us to get to where we want it to, to be. If your goal is to just flip a house and that's it, you got a taste of it, you like it or dislike it and that's it, fine. But if you're looking to do more complicated deals, your level, your skills and your level of like patience, your skill set, you really need to get to another level. And the way to do that is to really surround yourself with people that have done it or be a pioneer and really create another way of doing things. So for you, Lexi, and your husband, you guys are now managing about 400 doors.
0: Yes, that's right. It's a
2: lot of do- doors and toilets. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> <If> you wouldn't <laughs> believe the maintenance
0: that comes through. Right.
2: So, how you guys first initially you you guys were thinking about doing for yourselves, right? And yeah. and then how was the transition, or not the transition, because you never left the plan that you originally had, but how you added the property management
0: into your goals. Yes. Good question. It's funny. I, um, every property manager that I know that I'm friends with, we all agree that property management chooses you. You never choose it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, um, we actually, Matt's mom, he, uh, owns some rental properties too. So he kind of grew up in that world of, of seeing landlord and she's, she's never managed her own properties. She had a uh, family friend managing her properties. And we just saw a need for um, more oversight. She wasn't involved at all. She was like very emotionally attached when she did get involved. So it was like, let's leave her out of it. Um, But when we moved to Austin, we were like, wow, you know, you really could be managing your portfolio a little bit better. And so our plan was to take over her properties and then to start building our portfolio. And so um, Matt actually got offered this really great commercial job when we moved to Austin. And so I started managing the portfolio and I, I had some experience of working with a management company um, when I was in college. So I, I knew the ropes, I knew how to get started on it. Um, I, I was kind of um, blindly going into the technology world of it. Cause I wanted to do things a little more efficiently than I had originally learned how. So um, yeah, it started with um, his mom's and then my own. And then I started um basically being just an agent on the side. I was, um, I was helping find our deals, but also I was being a buyer and sellers agent. And um, people just started like asking me like, Oh, you know what, what's going on. And so I I would tell them that I'm managing properties. So it's funny, just word of mouth started kind of growing. Um, It um, then I caught this, this call from this lady one day and said, Hey, I, I heard from a friend of a friend that you're managing properties. And I was like, I guess I'm managing property. So long story short, we ended up actually partnering with a company that Matt worked for in College Station called United Realty.
2: Okay.
0: And we wanted like a really good foundation. Like we were like, Hey, this could go places. Um, But we wanted some, like a bigger company behind us. I just, I think that was like what made us feel a little bit safer getting, not getting involved so blindly. And so I actually, I had some like great guys that were like helping train me and like seeing like how to do things on a really large level. Because at that point we were like, maybe we can grow this into something that could be like an actual business. Um, that partnership lasted about a year and, um, we had only grown the portfolio to like, I think 35 or 40 in a year. And we, we ended up splitting ways and saying, Hey, you know, just, it wasn't a mutual thing. They were still in College Station. We had a this like different vision than they did, and they weren't really fond of ours. So it was a mutual split. We, we ended up going separate ways. And when we did, we created Tree Homes and we started paying more attention to branding and creating this um, more of a spirit of a partnership with our owners where we're like minded investors and hey, we're a team. And the only reason we're managing properties is because we're investors ourselves. So you have to have our same like-minded investor. Like you can't, we're all about taking care of our tenants and keeping them for the long-term and really handling maintenance the right way and quickly. And so owners that were like, Hey, I'm looking for the cheapest property manager to just get the job done. That's not for us. That's not who we are. And so just kind of sticking to I feel like that, um, that this is my lane and this is who I'm trying to become really helped us start growing. So, um, I actually, um, managed just myself, um, until we were at 200 properties. I had, um, me and then I had Andrew, um, now our marketing guy, he was helping me with some of the leasing. And then I got pregnant and I was like, ah, I'm going to have to start making this a business instead of it just being me doing everything. So Yeah. That's kind of how it evolved. And, um, now that we've made it a team and I'm, I'm pretty much out of the day to day, which is so nice. Um, it's been going great and growing a lot faster now. So, um, now we're like a business, (laughs)
2: right? I I think that what you're saying about like taking care of your tenants, right? It's such a big, big deal. Yes. Um, if you asked me a couple of months ago, um, and Jessa, do you see yourself managing properties? I was like, hell no. I don't have the patience that it takes to it. But let me share with you guys. I, I, I don't think I shared that with you yet, Liz. So recently I joined um, a commercial developer for the commercial part. And um, obviously they have a property management company to take care of, the, the commercial and residential. And I oversee a lot of, a, a lot of that stuff. And then I got a message from one of the tenants um, saying, so sorry, the, the, I, I am behind the, the rent for this month, this is horrible, it, it, like a long email. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to read this entire email. I'd rather have a conversation with her and to figure out what is like so horrible, like in this, because I'm not grasping if she is just behind a couple of days or we can work something out. And then I call her and, and she was really emotional. And, and I took a step back and I was like, would you like to share with me what, what, what's going on? Not that you have to, but I just want to get in your world and really to understand what's happening with you as a person. And this lady really took a step back and just like, I, just moved to Philadelphia from an abusive relationship. I'm still getting, you know, up and running here. Things are not easy because there's a lot of things, moving pieces. And I really appreciate you if you guys could wait, you know, two, three days. And then I was like, that's, that's not an issue. We can certainly do that. But I just wanted to extend the invitation that you have my number here because she doesn't have. Family members, or anything, if you want to talk. And she started like really crying because she really needed to just talk mm. and really express that. And then I was like, that's what it's all about. Really connecting with people and that's what you're saying Lexi that the core the really the core is really taking care of people yeah we will take care of you and your property no matter what and they will stay for a long long time Mm -hmm. share with me that she now feels that she found a safe place that she can call home and do you think that she's gonna take care of that that property absolutely she will Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I think property management is all about. Not just like sending your, your investors um, monthly report about how things are going, but really creating that relationship with the tenants. And I know it takes time. I know it takes a lot of effort to do that. So the team that you have right now do, do they have a specific roles or for the, the ladies that are listening and they're growing their portfolio and they are like, okay, this can be also a revenue for me. How many people is needed mm-hmm. to run and not get crazy? And your that's hair? a
0: really good question. Um, and I, and I love your points about taking care of the tenants and just mutually respecting them. That's uh, definitely at the core. Um, one of the things that we really focus on as a team. Um, but you know, I, I've, kind of struggled through finding out how many people is needed. And um, I I really value not stressing my team out too much. It's a high stress industry. And we like to add some positivity and light to that wherever we can. And so to me, part of that is not giving my team too much, not overloading my people, letting them go on vacation because property management has a huge turnover. It's it's kind of known for that. So I never wanted to give every, like, I knew what it was like for, for three years. I managed our portfolio. I knew what it was like to ha- be, have everything weigh on me. I couldn't take a sick day. I had to still, somebody was having an emergency maintenance. I had to handle that. And so it, it was, that was a hard time for me. Um, I couldn't take a weekend, get away, could never turn my phone off. And so I knew creating that I wanted my team to not be in that situation and so we um we've done is we I tried the portfolio but I feel like that's that's very difficult to create because um all of the stress lays on that one person mm-hmm. and if something happens to them your business is in jeopardy mm-hmm. and your investors get attached to that one person and then they yes. don't know what to do if they have to talk to somebody else which I didn't want either because that was what happened to me everybody was always like well where's Lexi I need to talk to Lexi and they're like well, she just had a baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, she just grew a human being
2: inside her for nine months. Give her a break. And that's like, all. Well, I yeah. will to
0: talk to her about my tenant. You know, like people are so like, they get obsessed with they're one person. And I didn't, I wanted our investors to to more get comfortable with a specialist because it's hard to be good at leasing accounting and maintenance like you just to me it's you might be a superhuman and be able to do that but as you grow your doors you can't be a specialist at all three of us um so what i have done is i have gotten a specialist in each of those things um and i'm just extremely blessed because we my husband's from second grade on baseball coach is our maintenance coordinator so he is just so loyal and he's, um, he's just very knowledgeable. So no long, like owners used to call me and say, Hey, I see the this AC bill came through. I just got a new AC like two years ago. Why did, why did that, why was this needed? And I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Let me call the vendor real quick. And so I was this third party. Well, now Robert can when a vendor tells him, Hey, this is needed, he can question them and be knowledgeable about exactly what he's talking about because he knows what an AC, he, he knows the basic level of all the maintenance. Mm -hmm. He actually, um, was like our, like go-to handyman for a long time. And then I was like, I see a lot of value in you. I want to make you our maintenance specialist or coordinator. And so he doesn't really do any of the work anymore. He just oversees all of our vendors um, and really does a, a control on quality and pricing. And I mean, vendors are, we're always having issues, you know, they're in and out. Yeah. We have a lot of loyal ones that stay with us, but it's a struggle for sure. So, um, then we, for, for accounting, um, I have my sister-in-law who loves numbers. She can sit behind a desk all day and like be totally into it. Um, I cannot do that. I go crazy. God bless her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I love the way that really focused on like, what do you like and what is your calling for service? Yes. Put you into that seat and like, let's just let you flourish. Right. Like Andrew was doing leasing, but he wasn't passionate about it. And then we moved him to marketing and he is, I mean, he's the guy who came and videoed me and he's love so it. passionate about it. And yes. And Matt, it came true. out so great. So great. The video. He is fantastic. And so I feel like a lot of times, like if you work really good with people, like let's find what you're really good at. And then I have my best friend from college as my office manager. So we've created a lot that people say that that doesn't work for them. Never hire your family or your friends, but it works very well for us. We are a family. Um, we have cried at our meetings. We love each other. And we're just there for each other. So when one of us needs a break and like, I got to check out like this past weekend, Robert went to a family reunion and he went camping and I was like, you're not answering maintenance calls. So I took the calls for him that week for the weekend. Um, We still operate like a small business. You know, we don't have our phone answering services go to someone that we don't know for the weekend, like a lot of companies. We might be going there in the future, but the way I've built our company is um, is like that with, we call it branches because we're tree homes. So we have branches of our company. And then eventually once we need more people under the, like if accounting is just getting crazy busy, we'll hire somebody to help go under Annika and she would oversee them. So um, I also have a virtual assistant who was my very first, my my baby. Like I'm, I'm so in love with her. She's amazing. Um, she's in, uh Agua Caliente's Mexico. I got okay. her from uh, Gwen at Ana Quinn. Um if anybody needs any references, let me know or f- referrals. I can definitely speak I speak so highly of them. And Lexi, she Not exactly Lexi? What is it? It's that? a virtual assistant. So
1: No, no, no. no I know next- a virtual assistant. Oh, okay, like, I'm sorry. You said um Thank you. I'm like, might I be really, really behind times if I didn't know what a virtual assistant was. <laughs> no, no, I really need a virtual assistant. So your point's well taken. But the, you said a company, is it a company that sources virtual
0: assistants? Is yes. that what you're saying? Oh, okay. And they source virtual assistants only for property management companies.
1: Oh, but, oh yeah.
0: Yes. What's the company awesome. called?
1: They're called Anaquium. Yeah, can you you have to send that to me and I'll put that in the show. Yeah, notes. Yeah, it's
0: it's a little funny. A N E Q U I M. But yeah, I'll okay. send it to you. Um, and they own a management company in Omaha, Nebraska. Cool. That's and great. so they like goes hand in hand. They run a wow. call center. They're, they're wow. Gwen and her husband are like the most power couple I know. Y'all should have them on your show. They're
1: okay. Awesome. Nice.
0: That's awesome. Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No you're good. Um so anyways that she was my um first employee after Andrew. So he was le- helping me with leasing and I needed somebody to just help me in the back end because it's so busy with paperwork and answering emails and so I got Gabby and now she basically like runs the show in the back end. She's like everybody's assistant, which I know is another people's like that's a no-no. She, you know, is probably swamped, but she's just our superstar. She's she's awesome. Um and then, so then we have, um, leasing, which just recently we've partnered with a company called Sunroom. They are the guys who started Favor, which I don't know if you guys have that up there, but it's basically a food running, actually anything running Favor, uh, company. So mm-hmm. they'll even like, if you left your computer at, uh, Andresa's, then they would go grab it for you and bring it to you for like five bucks. Really? Really cool. <laughs> so the guys who started that, they started a leasing company and all they do is leasing. And they're kind of packing it with technology to help tenants better. And um, they're doing things a little bit differently than we are. And so um, my husband is like Mr. Network, networker, and he met these guys and they were like, Hey, let's partner and we'll take all of your leasing and then we can kind of grow together. And so we did. So now we don't handle our leasing anymore. Although we still refer to it as a branch of our company because uh, we work like side by side with Sunroom. We're just kind of mutual partnership now.
1: I love what you're saying. I mean, I, there's so many things to kind of unpack with what mm-hmm. you're saying, because you could yeah. really, you could just go down the building oh, a business husband, path could go down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's like so much, but I, I think what, I think what is really, really, really powerful with, with what you're saying, because I'm I'm thinking about the women listening, right. And, and they might have Five doors, men have 50 doors, men have a hundred doors, but they're, let's think about the women who are self-managing. They're landlords, yes. right? They don't, um, they may not want to scale this thing and, and build their own property management company. Although that's an interesting path that many people are in and I was in as well. We decided not to scale and start, keep going. We decided to, because it wasn't aligned with our business goals. And, and yeah. I think you have to know that and for you, it aligned, sure. which was awesome. And you've built this amazing business, which we, what you're saying, I'm like, yep, I'm glad we did what we did because what you're saying it's is
0: crazy. It gets but, really complex.
1: But what you're saying though, I think is really powerful for the women listening that are self-managing is you don't necessarily need to build a property management company to be a better self-manager, but you do need to I love what you said, like look at the leasing bucket, look at the accounting bucket, mm, look yes. at the maintenance bucket, look at your overall like support bucket. If you are managing the business and, the, and, the, and managing your properties, you cannot do all of those things amazingly and your personality and your skills probably lend itself to, to one of those things more than the other. So I would challenge the woman listening is to, you're probably for the overwhelmed women which we all are at times raise your hand that, yeah right <laughs> i can raise my hand every moment of the day but you know we all have to really look at the the when came coming from this conference that one of these gentlemen the, one of the guys that were talking he was amazing he he like hangs out richard branson and you know he's like worth a gazillion dollars you know of course i have to use gazillion but he, he's just a really neat guy and he said once a week you have to look at what is working and what is not working in your business. And if you, don't take that. That, if you don't take that air level view once a week, not every quarter, every year, literally every week and have like this, like coming to Jesus meeting with yourself every week, you have to do that as a leader and as someone who's becoming financially free or is financially free looking to build your wealth. So I love that. And why I'm saying that is I would encourage and challenge the woman listening is to really think about it. If you are self-managing, And you are someone who knows that your business could be more efficient, which all of us probably could be like, yep, there's something here that could be more efficient. Start to challenge yourself. Where can you maybe get the support, Um, uh, whether it's a VA or or, or somebody who does leasing really well and you do this really well, or at the very minimum, get a bookkeeper. You shouldn't be doing that. Get a bookkeeper. That's the first thing you should do. So I, I just, I love what you said. Even it's applicable to people who might be managing their own properties and their own units. It's not just for people who might be, you know, what I love what you're saying is that it is applicable if you're looking to build something as well. It's Absolutely. Really for both. So I just wanted to make that connection.
0: I, I like what you're saying. And, you know, I, to piggyback off of that, I think one of the, the first things that anybody should do, whether they're looking to grow their portfolio or stay small and manage their own is write processes and do it the same way every single time. That was what got me in a lot of trouble in the beginning. Like I'd be like, ah, how, why did I do it like that? And then I'd have to like go back and spend all this time figuring my own mistake out. Once I started writing processes and knew like I was like um, getting better at record keeping and historical data is huge with property management you have to be able to go back and prove that you did something whatever you did and if you're not good at it and you're not organized it becomes very difficult so that's probably number one advice Uh, but you're right like if you're not good at it it's taking you way longer than it should and you have to look at what is your time worth
2: yeah absolutely and you can you can scale if you don't have that process in place, because Mm -hmm. you're going to get people to come to your business and you're going to say, okay, how, how I'm going to teach this person, what I'm, what I want to have from her here. So it's
1: really like crucial to have SOPs in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's super important and it's hard, but it's important. And uh, I just came off of one of our investor um, members uh, spoke on uh, processes and she said, the first thing you need to do is don't be so quick to delegate. You got to figure out what you can automate first. And, and there's so many tools out there to automate. That's Stephanie then- Bonnell. Yeah. Or, no. 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 Stephanie Cabral. Cabral. Yeah. And she said you have to look that's at where advice. you can automate first, and and then what you can't automate, you delegate, and then what what you can build that processy and system for, and and you can build it for both of those two things. But I think that's so important. We always hear hire a team and build a team and build a team, and sometimes you can really, really, quite honestly, take things off their plate, save you money, right? Because I mean, i we're we're looking to do that. I'm we're building a um our investor relations team. And I'm, I'm like, I really, I want a support person for, for this role, but I want to see what I, we can automate first. Mm-hmm. And then what what can't be automated? Cause you can't automate everything and helping with yes. working with our investors, obviously. Yes. But it there are so certain things. to go
0: back and be like, oh, I've given you all these things that like- Yeah, well, we meanwhile- automate. And like, then you're right. like trying to find things for them to do. And yes, that's yeah. So, yeah. So
1: um, that's really awesome. I, I love what you're up to. Um, you know, we talk a lot about on this show, about balance and, mm-hmm. you know, especially women at the helm of so many different things. Right. And now um, how old is your, your little one?
0: Nine months and we're okay. expecting. Okay. So oh, you're amazing.
1: Congrats. Thanks. I, yeah. I, I want to read what, I want to read something you said. And I, I love what you said. Cause we ask on our questionnaire, we ask all of our um, amazing women we have on the show. We ask about their secrets to balance, right? Because there's no secrets really, but we're curious to get inside their head to see what they're doing that that's working for them. And you said something really interesting. You said, we don't believe in balance. We believe instead of work-life balance, we believe in work-life love. So I have to ask you, please share with with us what you mean by that and and how you've been able to apply that to your Well,
0: So just to kind of give you a little backstory, my husband got his real estate license when he was 18. We first met and he was jumping into his license. And he is the kind of person he is insanely dedicated. So whatever he's doing, he's gonna, he's gonna do it 150%. So his phone would ring at eleven o'clock at night for with a crazy buyer that you know wants an update with his deal. And Matt would answer his phone like it was at 9 a.m. in the morning. You know, he never was mad at the person for calling. He never told them to respect his time or and I grew up in this home where like the phone, we weren't allowed to answer the phone past 6 PM in my house. Like we <laughs> couldn't talk on the phone past And it was like, your day's over with your friends. It's family time. And the weekend was like, it was weekend. Like we don't work on the weekend. It's a weekend. And so I had to really train my mind to think differently and to, if I'm going to be with this man, then I'm going to have to love him through his crazy work schedule. Whenever he's working, I'm not, i I had to kind of let go of my expectations of, oh, now you're working and now you're not paying attention to me, which I did in the beginning. And it caused a lot of like friction. Right. Sure. And so now it's like, okay, yeah. Like we, we may be having a family picnic or we may be out on the boat in the weekend. Um, but if somebody calls you and they're, they need something, then like, we can't put ourselves above that, you know, like at least Mm. answer your phone and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Can I get back to this on Monday if it's not that important? But, um, he always puts everybody's needs in front of his own. And I, I've come to really respect that about him. So we, we love what we do. Um, we have definitely structured our life to where we can, um, maybe play on a Tuesday, but we might work on a Saturday. Yeah. Matt's taught me that every day is the same. Why dread a Monday? Why not love a Monday? Why yes. can't you answer your phone on a Saturday morning? Why can't you do emails on a Sunday afternoon? It's it's your whole life is like one big life and you will have family and you'll have work, but it's your whole life. And so why not enjoy all of it? And so we have chosen to do work, life, love. And uh, a lot of times, like my little boy will be like running around the desk while I'm getting something done. And, um, you know, some days it's stressful if I have something come up, but I have tried to build it. We, we also um, have this thing in our family where we, we say, what's your precious cargo right now? So um, we feel that God has put and puts that precious cargo in your life. And it may be a gift that you have. Um, it may be um, a certain thing or a certain person, but your precious cargo is your responsibility to take care of. And you're entrusted with that. And so right now we feel that my precious cargo is our babies. right? need to put that as my top priority. And then my husband's precious cargo is building our business. So I have taken on the role of like, you know, I, I'm the house. I, I care for our house and our, I care for our family and he has, he's making sure that his precious cargo is taken care of. So um, at the beginning of our business, my precious cargo was our business. And so it's um, life is always changing. And I think you have to just be willing to adjust to that and not have expectations on work and play and life and just do it all at once. <laughs> I love that. And I'm with you because
2: I was like,
1: like
0: hashtag
1: work, life, love. Like that's a
0: new yeah. hashtag, right? Yeah, <laughs> Right.
2: Like why Monday needs to be this, this like, oh gosh. I know. And then why Friday is like, thank God it's Friday. No, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like thank God it's <laughs> Friday or hug day or.
0: No, well, and I think I that's, we hate Mondays. We've created that for ourselves yeah. because we refuse to work on a Sunday afternoon. And then Monday is yeah. so stressful, especially in property management. You get all these work orders. Yeah. And
1: weekend. you're
0: like bombarded. It's crazy. So if, yeah, you can just kind of keep up. I, I feel like you'll just be a lot more sane and able to kind of keep functioning.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm with you.
2: And then like imagining like Monday at the beach. Yeah, Who knows? I I want I want life without names for the the days. I don't exactly. know what days today day, a day. It doesn't really matter.
0: Doesn't matter.
1: I love that. Yep. I think it's very powerful too with what you've done with your husband. So like, you know that's tough what you did to be able to respect and honor something that who he was and who he wanted yes. to be. And that worked for him. And then to make it important to you and to say, this is who he is, as long as he's being respectful and we're together and it's not like all day, there was like, there sounded like there's boundaries around it and, yeah. and that's made it work. And I think, I think that's really, I think that's very special because what ends up happening is people get resentful and then yes. there's stories made up, and then you can go down that whole path, right? Of what that means, and you're not here for us, and and but you were able to like look at it in this holistic way, uh, and really say this is something that is working for our family, and this is how it's going to work, and these are the boundaries, and I yeah I think that's how you make. Things work. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Well, and let me just tell everybody like, I don't want everybody to think this is like the perfect situation and like it's, you know, all rainbows every day because there's definitely hard days. And I have to sometimes um, pull Matt in and say, okay, I know your precious cargo is our business, but like you're literally have like feel like you've abandoned your family for like two weeks and now <laughs> I need like, I need you to it. like, and right. then like, we just need to go on a, two hour walk and you have to leave your phone. And like, sometimes we have to like reset, you know, because we get, and he is is just such a hard worker that I have to do those, those checks with him every now and then. And he has to do those checks with me too, you know? Um, but getting your priorities out of whack can, um, definitely to like frustration. And, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times like you close down and you don't even know like, ah, why is my life kind of jumbled right now? And, um, and I always find that it's my priorities aren't, aren't where they should be. So I need to take a look at that. Um, and also like I, Matt's really not a scheduled person. Um, and I like thrive like for the day to day. I love my schedule. I get up at five. I do the same thing. My morning is like so sacred to me. Matt's not like that. And I had to learn like, okay, we might be different in these ways. (laughs) I still have to say and know what's important to me Mm -hmm. to keep myself sane, because I find that when I start not caring about my schedule as much and I start like sleeping in or not caring about my priorities, then I forget to respect Matt and his. And so I'm like, okay, I really got to take care of myself. I got to (laughs) refocus. And then I can like be a better wife and a better mom. But and your husband's name is Matt. Yes, I know we have the same husband's name. I I feel like
1: you're describing my husband right now. I'm like, oh "Oh my God, are we we like hey we have like carbon (laughs) copy husbands or
2: something. (laughs) You know and their
0: names are Matt. Right? Right on there's-
2: that's exactly, I was
0: going to say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is
0: so cool. We're going to have to introduce them. We have a theory that there's never, uh, we've never met a Matt. That's not cool. So, Oh my oh. God.
1: I say that. No, Lexi, I say that all the time. I'm like, I met a, um, one of our, <laughs> not investor- is
0: cool. <laughs> they're,
1: they're, they're such nice guys, right? They're not, yeah, I've never met a jerk. Nice I'm that's going into my
2: head right now. Yeah. Right. One of our true. investor yeah.
1: leaders this, this past weekend, her husband's uh, name is Matt. And I'm like, you're a sweetheart. Of course you are. Like, of, of course. course you are because every <laughs> Matt I meet is just the nicest guy. So, and I'm like, okay, so is cool. your, if
0: your name is Matt and you're a jerk, like I can't know you. Cause I know got- <laughs> I don't know. Any- yeah.
1: That's really funny. Um, Lexi, I love what you're up to. I love what you're saying. And uh, I'm sure the woman listening also really appreciate it. I love that precious cargo, but where can the women listening that want to connect with you, learn more about what you're up to? You're up to so many, so many amazing things. So where can they learn more about you?
0: Thank you so much. Um, I'm kind of in the back end of, of the operation side, but I, um, I still have a Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, we have a website, treehomes.com, and it's treehomes with one T. And then um, my husband, Matt, and our marketing manager, Andrew, have created a podcast as well, and it's called Young Wild Financially Free, and I'm on that every now and then as well, um, but they interview lots of great people, so um, listeners, check that out. And yeah, I'd love to connect if anybody has any questions about anything. Uh, I am—I'm very easy to get a hold of, and I would love to help I'm all about the Women Network of Investors. So this was really exciting to be on. Awesome! And all this information you guys
2: can find on our show notes. Now we're gonna transition to our fabulous three questions, and the first one, Lexi, is: What's the most transformational book you have ever read?
0: Oh hands down, um, power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Pearl. Best. I mean, I, I, just highly recommend that book. The, the name of it doesn't even hardly speak to what it's for. It's very, just transforms your inside out.
2: Powerful. The second question is what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life or love life?
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) Like
0: that. um, I guess I'm going to have to go back to my morning routine because just keeping myself balanced uh, gives me the energy to be able to work towards our financial goals. It gives me the energy to be a better lover and mom and wife and and business owner. Um, So just, yeah, find your routine of what works best and just keep at it, do it every day. And uh, I feel like it has empowered me. I I can't tell you how much.
2: Awesome. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the
0: most? Wow, which women? Um, Dang it, I know later in the day, I'm going to look back and be like, oh, I should (laughs) have answered something different. (laughs) Um, Gosh, um, I I love like inspirational women, um, powerful books. Um, This is like an oldie but a goodie. And I always go to her when I'm having a bad day is Joyce Myers, because she's just like, so tough I feel like and I feel like I'm not that tough and I like need her strength um but yeah she's been a really um big motivational speaker since I was little I've always been drawn to her so
1: awesome awesome well Lexi thank you so much uh for being here with us and sharing all your amazing insight and 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 really sharing sharing who you are and and who what you stand for with with the woman listening I think that's you know always so um meaningful. You know, we love getting into the core content of real estate investing as well, but you sharing your philosophies and how you've been able to make your world work and your life work is is I think above all of us, what we really are so appreciative. So thank you for being with us and sharing your story.
0: Oh, thank you guys. And vice versa. I feel like y'all are very open and I feel like I already know who y'all are. So I (laughs) I appreciate y'all being so easy to talk to. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lexi. Have a great day, guys. See y'all. Bye.
1: as a result of today's show, and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.